So I'm very excited for today's episode. I'm sure everyone, everyone, everyone used to have aspirations of being an artist when they were little. Uh, when the when the pe colored pencils and, and the construction paper came out and it was time to draw and everyone thought they were the next big thing, you know, the ubiquitous uh, sun in the corner, the Stussy S that we all used to draw, uh, and the uh, the hype people, which is our parents usually, yeah, <laughs> displaying it in, in our refrigerators. So I'm very happy to welcome uh, my friend here, Kim. Hi. Uh, who is a graphic designer and uh, actually taken the plunge and took that those aspirations seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I did. So let me tell everyone about you for just a quick second here. So Kim has a, a total of 15 years in the industry so far and counting. Mm -hmm. right? What a phenom, what a force. <laughs> uh, so Kim has worked with a few names. We're we not going to mention them to stay uh, anonymous here, but... Um, some of the companies she's worked for have, have helped sell for Maroon 5, Daft Punk, and The Killers. And currently, she's employed by one of the top publishers globally, certainly um, in the English language. Uh, so, welcome. Hi. It's nice to be here. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, so... You have a lot to say about graphic <laughs> designers. I don't know a graphic designer who doesn't have a lot to say about their profession. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So I think the first place uh, where I think any freelancer can uh, commiserate with is being asked to work for free and yeah. uh, for exposure because it's good for you. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um and I'm pretty sure it makes every graphic designer die a little bit inside every time they're asked to do something for free. Usually that comes from a family member. It's like, hey, so-and-so just, you know, started a little company. Can you design their logo? I told them you'd do it. Oh, you volunteered my time without asking My me. time and effort. <laughs> Thank you so much because I have so much free of those. Right. <laughs> and, they, uh, and they don't they don't give you any kind of direction to go with anyway, right? They just, oh, oh you'll do it. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. no. And then you look like the jerk if you say no. So you have to follow through. But um, yeah. And it's funny because those same people would be, I mean, graphic designers aren't, you know, I, I wouldn't say they're not compensated well, but majority of graphic designers are oh, okay. grossly gotcha. underpaid. Um, so usually they supplement with freelancing. Okay. So usually if you find a, a graphic designer who's freelancing somewhere, um, you can find them through like Fiverr or like through Family Friend, however you find your graphic designers. Um, it's usually not their full-time job freelancing. Usually they have another job that's gotcha, giving them gotcha. the insurance, paying the bills. Like teachers. A lot yeah. of teachers do like a summer job. Yeah, you have to supplement. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And similar to a teacher tutoring on the side, graphic designers will freelance on the side. Um, but yeah, it's it, it happens when you're asked to do things for free and... You know, you, you suck it up. You're like, okay, you know, it's just one quick logo. And then it turns into being like a whole thing. Right, a project that you didn't ask right. for. Yeah. yeah, and I, you kind of know what you're getting into when you sign on to something like that. Usually the first couple of emails, you get a really good grasp of who you're working with. Um, and sometimes people right away, they know what they want. They could give you examples, and that's great. Other times they're, you know, oh, just be creative. 
okay, thanks, but that doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am creative every day. Every time I'm designing, I'm being creative. So telling me to do something I'm already doing isn't really helpful. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really refreshing when you actually get somebody who gives you some direction. Um, what I try to do is I create um, like a short questionnaire. Um, who's your demographic? What's your company about? Like, give me your mission statement. Um, you know, who are you marketing to? Who is your big competition? Like, what differentiates you? Because all those factor into what your logo or whatever you want me to create is going to look like. You know, if, you're de- if your demographic is 55 plus, you know, you're not going to use, you know, grungy, you know, like <laughs> destroyed type fonts, you know, like it's just you have to know your audience. How do so. you uh, how do you navigate, um, but the turning down someone who, who asks you to work for free? Like what what are your what's your typical response to that? So I actually just did that uh, this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, someone had asked me for a podcast uh, interview. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I was really excited about this one. Um, someone had asked me to create a logo for them. They had found an image online which I highly, oh, I usually always say, like, please don't Google. Like, just tell me mm-hmm. the type of image, you know? Because sometimes they'll take things off of Google and they'll want you to just recreate it. And I'm right. like, mm, see, in my world, that's sketchy. Like, I, I don't enjoy doing that. I don't, it, to me, that's stealing someone else's art. I was just going to so, say, it's kind of like a, like a, like a, like a trap almost. Yeah, there's, right, I right. mean, and granted, there are a lot of graphic designers out there who just need the money and sure. they don't care. Mm-hmm. Um I take pride in what I, I, I put out. So I make sure that everything is, you know, not copyrighted, not trademarked, that what I'm creating makes sense. Like I don't, I don't enjoy creating something that I'm not proud of. And I, I take that to work too. I mean, there are times when, you know, I'm creating something at work and it's just, it's for like a high profile client and, you know, we will get, you know, revision requests. And um, sometimes I agree with them, sometimes I don't. But at the end of the day, you kind of have to balance putting out something you're proud of and also making the client happy. Right, right. Because your ultimate goal is to make your client happy. Right, right. Because if they're not happy, that's when you run into the issue of, will I ever get paid? It's it's a balancing (laughs) act. Oh, uh, completely, Mm -hmm. completely. And it's give and take too. Sometimes you have to you know, sacrifice some, yeah. <laughs> some of your own, um, pride almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, so it's interesting, but I mean, I enjoy the, the challenge though. Have you ever not gotten paid from something? Cause you said, Oh, or else you won't get paid. Like did this ever happened? I have never experienced, I've experienced extreme difficulty getting paid. Um, uh, one f- was from, this is when I was like just starting out and I was doing a lot more freelance work at the time. Um, and she wasn't happy with the logo. I was like, okay, but you know, we, we approved this the whole way through and you were fine with it up until now. So, you know, I still did all that work for you. There's, you know, I, sh- I showed her the breakdown, like how many hours were put into it and all that. Um, and she didn't really care. And I think a part of it was because I was so young too. I think she was kind of trying to take advantage a little bit. Sure, sure. So, you know, being young and I'm not a confrontational person either. So I was just like, okay, like, don't worry about it. You know, 
and then later on she she wound up you know paying me it it, it took a while but um yeah you do get some people who you know don't understand that you know an initial design costs x amount of dollars but how many revisions i do after that right i mean that factors in that those are additional hours i'm putting into something um yeah and i've had people request things and then completely change their mind so <laughs> oh my god so, so then, like like back to the drawing board back to the drawing board mm. so essentially i'm creating two images but I'm apparently only getting paid for one, one. <laughs> you know, like, so it's, it's tricky. And, you know, I, I don't like hunting down people for money. It makes me oh, so yeah. uncomfortable. You don't want to shake anyone up. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I would rather just like eat it and just take the L and just move yeah. on. <laughs> that sounds like a good business deal. Like just, uh, like a shake, Shaking up business for people who are non-confrontational, <laughs> right? Every artist, like, every musician. <laughs> I always say, like, I would never, like, people always tell me, like, oh, you, you're not cutthroat enough for, like, corporate America. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not. But there are also a lot of nice people in corporate America. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, like, wants to step on you and see you fail, you right, know? Right. So, and especially where I work, it's uh, a lot of women and mm-hmm. it's a lot of women supporting women. Oh, so, that's good to hear. Yeah, it's I work in a really supportive environment and my bosses are always super supportive. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's whenever I run into those those issues, you know, it's it's different than freelancing. Mm-hmm. You know, you freelancing, you have to go to bat for yourself. Yeah. You know, exactly. when you're at a company, yeah. you can say like, you know, you can talk to some you know, your boss and... And your company lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, it's it's very hard to get away with not paying someone from a Fortune 500 company. Right. So. <laughs> Especially if there has to be, like, some kind of paperwork involved in the beginning. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Gotcha. So before, before we started recording, uh, we spoke briefly about... Um, Low resolution images versus high resolution images. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah. So when a graphic designer asks you for any image, um, they want a high res image. Um, if it's a logo, uh, preferably, you know, that transparent background, which would be a high res PNG, um, a PDF. <laughs> um, most people, when they download an image from somewhere, it's going to be low res, especially if you Google something. Okay. Um, you know, right click, save as a JPEG, it compresses it. And every time you save it over and over again, it compresses more and more. Do you ever see like a meme on Facebook and it just looks so pixelated yeah, and so it, bad? It, it just gets blurrier because, and blurrier. <laughs> and the reason that happens is because that image was saved over and over and over again. And every time you save it, mm-hmm. it loses resolution. Clarity. Right. Gotcha. So, um, so yeah, when we ask for something, we're asking for the like like a photographer would provide the raw photo mm-hmm. or a TIFF file. Right. Same thing for graphic designers. We need the highest resolution. So that so, gives you more to work with and Yeah, and right. it, it lets us enlarge it. Mm-hmm. Because you know, if you give us something right. at seventy two DPI, which is what you use for web mm-hmm. and we're doing something that needs to be printed. Like like a billboard. Or right. a poster or something like I, that. If I was to enlarge a 72 DPI logo <laughs> to 300 DPI mm-hmm. for 
a massive photo. It, that logo would be so pixelated, you wouldn't even be able to read it. Right. It, would just, it would just be a disaster. And it's like you guys are just like, it looks like you're, you're producing shoddy work at the end of the day. Right. right? So yeah. we want everything to be crisp and clean. Um, so, you know, there are have been a few times when I've gotten images or logos that have been put in a Word document oh, and God. sent to me. <laughs> and I understand. Like for, for most people, like Microsoft Word and Excel and PowerPoint, that's that's as like, designy as they're going to get. Like PowerPoint is the most they're ever going to design. So, but the problem is when you put that image in Word, it just compresses it and it's it's not really helpful. Um, so the lesson is don't use Word to save photos. Please don't okay. use Word to save photos. <laughs> you heard it there, folks. Okay? <laughs> Do not use Word. I have been guilty of that from time to time, but um, yeah, I've grown up a little bit since. <laughs> that's, that's good to know that from a professional standpoint, do not use. Uh, yes, please don't give any designer any image through Word. <laughs> <laughs> so what about this nitpicking uh, thing that your clients may have? So uh, <laughs> this kind of is more of like a personality trait of a lot of the the clients that you might encounter. Okay. Some people are control freaks mm-hmm, and, you know, mm-hmm. they, they just need to have full control. So I've had clients who just make changes for the sake of making changes. So they can say they, they you know, put their stamp on it. Sometimes they have a point okay. and sometimes I'll be like, you know what? Let me roll with that. Let Fair. me see what I can do with that because yeah. that you just thought of something I didn't. So thank you. Um, other times it's just a really bad move they want me to make. And like you're sitting there, it's like, okay, how can I do it without actually doing it? Like how can I change this font where it doesn't look absolutely ridiculous but kind of goes along with what they were asking for? Um, and a lot of times... You know, the people who are super nitpicky have no design experience at all. Like, they don't understand basic color theory and, you know, typography and, you know, just the overall how things should be spaced. And I've had people ask me, oh, can you move it over a couple of pixels? You can't see a couple of pixels (laughs) on a large print project. It's just, it's just not going to be worth it. For me to do to, that. to open up the file and move yeah. it two pixels for you. Yeah, right. and and I've had that issue, you know, while I was at work. Mm-hmm. You know, like some people generally know what to ask for, and then some just have to put their hand on it. They have to, and then sometimes you know what? Let me do it so they can see how bad it looks, and then I could turn it back <laughs> right, to right. what I was doing. Just hit the undo button. Some, but you know what? And that's another personality thing. Some people need to see it. Sure. To know that it doesn't work because mm-hmm. in their head it, it's flawless, you right? Know? Right. But when it's on paper, it's just like mm, maybe not. Do you ever run into an issue where there's like too many chefs in the pot? Every day of my life. Every day, <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine with this. Every day of yeah. my life. Um, I've reached the point where I'm trusted with my designs. Like not, I, I, I have a senior design manager who. We'll look over things if necessary. Um, I have our, we have a director who will look over things if necessary. Um, but usually I've gotten to the point where I'll have them look at something if I really, you know, feel like something's missing. I'm just not seeing it. But otherwise they, they pretty much trust me to do what I need to do. It's, 
you know, it, it's what their routing process and it's all the other people who have to approve of it. And everybody has a different opinion. And I've worked with some clients where they're a group mm-hmm. and everyone in the group has a different opinion. So it's like, we, we got to pick a, a direction here, guys. Sure. <laughs> like, so would you say <laughs> that um, having a unified front before we move you move forward with any kind of change to the thing would be ideal? Yes, because sometimes we work with clients who have their own publicity teams and they're dealing with our publicity teams and our marketing teams. So a lot of times we'll have a meeting beforehand and be like, okay, this is how we're positioning this product. This is, you know, the aesthetic we're going for. This is the aesthetic they already have for their personal accounts, you know? So we kind of come up with a game plan and we... Not that we don't ask if it works. We kind of just present it and tell them, you know, this is what our plans are. And a lot of times they'll come in and like they'll ask for changes. But there are certain things like if you're not familiar with my industry, you're going to, you know, request things that aren't really useful. Like right. we, we know our industry. We know the product. Like mm-hmm. this is our marketing campaign. This is our plan. You know, this is what we're running with. And nine times out of ten. Um, the client will, you know, they'll talk with their publicity team and we'll, you know, iron things out. But yeah, it's, it's always interesting when you're working with a lot of different personalities, different people, lots of different opinions, Sure, kind of makes you want to jump out the window some days. And, you know, in other days it's super rewarding because you'll send them something and they'll be absolutely in love with it. Right. And it's like, and that was something you created. Right. And You'll see it out in the wild. You see it on social media. That's a couple wild of to things me. I've made have gone viral. So it's that is that is. Would you say that's the most rewarding part of it? Oh, your... absolutely. Okay, yeah, I, I would figure. I, yeah, I, yeah. This, especially in towards the end of 2019, I got to work with some really cool, um, high-profile clients, and to hear it come from them, like they were so like happy with what I produced and it's, it's a great feeling. And you never get tired of hearing it. And it's nice to have that, that recognition and you know, that, that pat on the back. Sure. Not that I need it, but it's nice to receive it. You know, who doesn't like like a pat on the back for, for hard work. Yeah. It's like you, you dedicate hours and, you know, put in overtime to make sure these things get done. So you know, it's nice to know that it's appreciated on the other end. Gotcha. And it, it, it really, it's, it's, it's a really cool thing. I just, I never thought I'd be seeing my stuff posted by celebrities and, you know, it's, it's super rewarding. That is, that's wild to, see, <laughs> to have something go viral. That's really wild. Um, earlier you mentioned a word and you said you used the word aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had to tease out almost kind of like reach into your client's brain because they were so poor at explaining what they wanted. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you get the people who think you're a mind reader. Right. And it's like, listen, as much as I would love those X-Men abilities, <laughs> I don't have them. Right. So I cannot read your mind. Um, please just... <laughs> Just, just talk up, to me. Pick up a thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Look up the scripters, please. Stop using the same word. Oh, they're like, oh, can you make it pop? Oh, God. <laughs> it's probably one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone says they want something to pop. 
And to I'm like, pop. To pop. So what do they usually mean by that? Usually, it, it, generally what they're referring to is they want a, a, what's in the, the foreground to to be more... <laughs> more up like, front. Oh, right. Like, just to be more the first thing you notice. Okay. And so you, usually you can do that. You don't have to add a drop shadow to everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just a simple change in background color mm-hmm. could make an image pop. Um but what, where it comes in as a frustration for me is when they start throwing colors at me and it's like, lady, I went through the entire rainbow. <laughs> like I've tried many colors and in my professional opinion, <laughs> this is the best one That's for good. this image. So sometimes they trust you and sometimes they don't and they have to. And they sometimes they'll make you change the color to some like putrid orange or green that they and, found somewhere yeah it's like <laughs> they'll and a lot of times they'll give examples that are so aesthetically so far from what they are yeah so and they'll be like oh can you redraw this can you do like no i'm not stealing someone else's logo for you right, <laughs> like, right. It's just not gonna like you mentioned before like that's sketchy stuff it, it is it is um so yeah sometimes they'll uh They'll be a, a little difficult and, you know, sometimes they'll tell you after the fact, oh, can you add this? Oh, can you change this? Oh, we wanted this in it. Well, you're just telling me now. You didn't tell me that mm-hmm. when I started. Right, right. <laughs> so it's it's a matter of getting all those details up front. Sure. And that's that's the most helpful thing you could do with any graphic designer is give them all the details up front. Gotcha. They will work out the rest. That is their job. Mm-hmm. As graphic designers, we're problem solvers. You tell us what your issue is and we solve it. Visually, so, and that yeah. that's a very interesting um, perspective from someone who's not a graphic designer, right? Because mm-hmm. um, someone like me who's like not a creative just thinks these guys—they're just so imaginative, and it just comes into you in your sleep, and you wake up and you scribble, scribble. There, <laughs> there is my creation from the top. You know what I mean? Because like that's—I didn't realize it goes through all of this. Yeah, that's I mean, I've, I, I'm. I'm a doodler, you know, like when people say like, oh, you're an artist. I'm like, no, I'm a designer. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're different. Artists and designers are different. Um, How so? So uh, in general, you know, designers take existing images, existing typefaces, existing colors, and they put it together into a cohesive design. Um, artists will create those images. They will create those typefaces they will mix those colors Mm -hmm. like it's just it's a different approach yeah um so i don't i don't necessarily correct people and be like well actually (laughs) no it's it's not that serious but in my mind i i consider myself a designer and not necessarily an artist as an artist you can be an artist and a designer sometimes as a designer you're just a designer, designer you know? <laughs> and I would love to create my own typeface one day. I mean, it's on my bucket list. I just am very lazy and it's just a lot of work. Um, uh, yeah, that sounds like it. Yeah. Right? Cause I, then it would become, you'd be, you would have to make it available for use for everyone. Right. That's like one yeah, thing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I don't mind paying other artists for their work. Right. So, you know, if they created a typeface, I will, pay top dollar for mm-hmm. a great typeface. So, um, and I wish more people did that. You know, a lot of people just kind of find things off of Google and, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's, 
it kind of sets you apart when you can, you know, have a typeface that's unique and everyone's not using it. And, you know, you pay a, a photographer for a photo they took because it's that dynamic, you know, like, yeah, there are free places to find all these things. I can ramble off a thousand mm-hmm. font websites and, you know, free stock photography, but it's the artists that, you know, you really support who do some amazing work. It's an so. odd double standard that like people will pay photographers, but they don't find value in much else if they feel like they can just get a cheap knockoff from Google, like you said. Yeah. And also a, a part of my job is to make sure that you don't get sued either for any infringement. I oh, mean, true. like most people don't understand copyright licenses, mm-hmm. a free license for personal use. You can still get sued if you try to put on a shirt and sell it because mm-hmm. it's not free for commercial use. Right. So it's it's knowing those little details that I think really separate a designer just from someone who just bought Photoshop. You know, like yeah. it's like buying an expensive camera doesn't make you a photographer. Right. It's like knowing the principles and knowing color theory. You know, it's there's a lot more that goes into it. So for sure. For but I sure. enjoy it though. So we're getting on to our like our last topic here. And I, I wanna ask you um about I I know is probably a big thorn in your side, like every day when working, uh, especially when you're freelancing. Um, but the the topic of people being cheap or trying to lowball you, yeah, it 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 happens a lot, unfortunately. Um, I I think the most important takeaway is, I mean, on a graphic designer side, it doesn't matter if you've been doing a job for a year or fifteen years, your time is money. Right. Your creativity is worth something. Um, and you deserve to be compensated for the work you do. Um, a good having, job is a good job. Right. right. Having less time in an industry isn't an excuse to be paid, like to be grossly underpaid. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, as a graphic designer, I think you should make your rates what you truly feel you're worth. Um, and especially if you have a portfolio that you're building and you can show and say, you know, this is the quality of work I do. And that you're proud of. And yeah. yeah. And an attitude, a good attitude goes a long way. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. No one wants to work with either side, graphic designer or client. No one mm-hmm. wants to work with a cranky person. Sure, sure. So, um, yeah. And, and on the client side, I think it's important to remember that this person is putting a lot of time, a lot of energy. Um it's time away from their family. It's time away from their friends. Right. Um, they're doing this outside of their full-time job. Mm-hmm. So it's a job after a job. Right. Um, and I think that should be recognized and, you know, just appreciate the work. And if they, if you agreed upon a price. Pay it. Then pay it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's it. I'm not going to, you know, go online and say, oh, it's a $40 shirt, but I think it's worth 25 and like offer, you know, gap.com like right. $25. It doesn't work like that. Right. Like the price is the price. If you want the image, you pay the price. That's 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 pretty much it. Yeah, where would that be okay? <laughs> <laughs> Never. You you can't negotiate like that. Like we don't barter anymore. <laughs> right, you're, you're not a car dealership. Right. Mm. It's like I can't offer you like it, I I set those prices for a reason. Right. 
So it's, it covers X amount of time, X amount of resources. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And especially if someone has to, if they're buying a font that they're using for you or they're buying an image, the designer puts that into the costs. Like that's, right. and how many assets are they making? Are they just making the logo or are they putting it on business cards and letterheads and right? You know, how, uh, like, what's the distribution like of this thing? How, right. so how many eyes are going to see this thing? Am I making something that you're going to turn around and sell? Right. That's that's a, a big deal too. Yeah. So, it's uh, th- it's very nuanced. There's 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 a lot of things to know, but just know that the graphic designer has thought about these things, has taken all these costs and these hours into consideration. I'd like to read a um, uh, a blog post, uh, a, a portion of a blog post article by Shadow Mist, and I'll include it into the. Um, the description if anyone else wants to see what else he has to say. But he says, um, your time is precious. Your skill and talent is also precious. Clients need to realize this. He says, you are a Porsche. You are a Mercedes. You are Prada or Gucci. You aren't Bob from accounting who knows how to use publisher or front page. You are a designer. Bonafide, trained, educated, experienced. You are a professional and you need to get paid what you are worth. Do you agree? I want to marry this person who wrote that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so <single>? Shadow Mist. <laughs> Shadow yeah, yeah, Mist, yeah. come find me. Yeah. <laughs> Hit up Kim. Uh, I'll, I'll play matchmaker. It's okay. <laughs> we could start a whole nother podcast on that. <laughs> no, but uh, Shadow Mist has a great point. And it's true. And I think in everyone can relate to feeling that, having that imposter syndrome, where you're asked to take on a task that you don't think that you're skilled enough to do or you don't think you're the, just the best person for the job. Um, but the truth is, is that you are. Y- you are. You, you can do it. And if it's uncomfortable, even better. Push yourself outside of your comfort zones. It's the only way you're going to get better. And, and that's with agree. anything. I yeah. mean, I'm constantly designing things and different styles that I've, I've never designed in before that, you know, aren't a big part of what I do day to day. And I love it because I like the challenge and, you know, you're seeing things from different perspectives and that's all growing and, and learning. And I never want to be the teacher in the room. Like I, I am like a professional student through and through. I always want to feel like I'm learning something. So I enjoy taking on those jobs, even though I feel like an imposter while I'm doing them. <laughs> I enjoy taking them on. And I think everyone should really bust out of their comfort zone and, you know, take on tasks that they're not fully confident in because that confidence comes. But, you know, as far as getting paid and knowing your worth, it's so important because that, that carries over. Right, right. Especially if you're going to be doing this for years to come, right? I mean, you're so young; you've got so much more ahead of you. I yeah. completely there's agree. so much more to design out there. Man, you know that is such a great place to uh, kind of wrap up everything, and and you know just to summarize here, when we're just for anyone listening out there, um, key points here. So when you're speaking to a graphic designer, be clear with what you want. Uh, trust your graphic designer. 
Amen. Provide <laughs> high-res images. Hallelujah. <laughs> and for the love of God, pay them. Please. Support them. <laughs> Please, your thoughts and thank yous don't pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd like to thank him very much for being on the show. Um, and uh, yeah, so when you're dealing with a graphic designer, guys, just do all those things and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. All right, bye. So that wraps up another episode of A Fleeting Frustration. I hope everyone was able to take something away from our discussion today. Do you have any questions for our guests? Would you like to be on the show? Want to leave any constructive comments? Shoot me an email at contact at thecuriousaudiologist.com and I'd love to hear from you. I'm your host, The Curious Audiologist, and until next time, bye for now. <laughs>